RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. On Tuesday morning, we like to catch up with what's happening in Australia and uh, often specifically in the Victoria area with Tim Wilms from the Unshackled.net. And Tim is with us again. Hi, Tim. Hi, Paul. I've uh, just heard the the good news that uh, your uh, New Zealand's going to be joining the the rest of the world and getting rid of its. You still had uh, mandatory COVID isolation and also uh, still some mask theatre. Well, yeah, and um, I don't know who stuck to that because I don't know anyone who did. But I still see people in the street wearing masks, usually anxious older women what about where you are do you see any mask wearers still yes there are and you wonder uh, how long are you going to, to to wear it for i mean it's completely a, a a bottom order concern here in australia now i mean we have the it's called the weekly uh covert data dump by the state and territories every friday it's hardly news anymore. I mean, there there there's still a few uh, COVID anxious uh, reporters uh, because oh, there's this uh, new strain that's that's coming out. Uh, we need to 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 be afraid. Yep. Well, I guess the fear doesn't work anymore. There's an election coming up shortly, and I don't think anyone even bothered to test themselves. So it, it sort of it unravelled at the end. But yeah, we're the last. At least we're. At least we're the last at something. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense, but there you go. What do what the Aussies make of um, – do they ever mention now um, the time it's taken for us to get out of this mode? Does that ever come up? I think uh, if it does filter through, uh, uh, people are still shocked that, wow, the New Zealand still – because – uh, there were uh, some uh, FIFA Women's World Cup matches in uh, New Zealand. And, uh, of course, if uh, the, the teams that played there, if any of their players tested positive, uh, then it was mandatory seven-day isolation. I'm surprised that that uh, Chris, your Prime Minister, Chris Hipkins, still, still kept it for that international a sporting event. I mean, during the uh, the, the recent uh, su- summer of cricket, uh, we had a, a COVID-positive Australian cricketer play at the SCG. Oh, dear. Well, probably they said, the politicians said to the sports people, don't bother testing because we don't want the hassle. So I wouldn't be surprised. But okay. Now, um, well, let's get on to that because the FIFA Women's World Cup has ended up with... Um, Two teams. Did people think it would be those two teams? Oh, well, it's the semi-finals coming up. So yeah, I know, but uh, but you know, um, Australia, UK. That's the next. That's the match, right? The next, the semi-final. Yes, match. the 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 second semi-final on Wednesday, and uh, Australia and England have just come through. Come, come, come got through a a bitterly fought uh, men's uh, Ashes Test uh, series, uh, which. Well, the 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 British summer rain uh, cost England the the Ashes. Uh, it ended up being a two two draw, and obviously uh, Piers Morgan was he was especially <laughs> especially outraged at uh, 
the the stumping of uh, jo- uh, Johnny Bairstow by Alex Carey, not in the spirit of cricket. So we're hoping that uh, the Matildas, uh, hopefully our captain Sam Kerr, can score a, a cheap goal to defeat the English uh, Lionesses. And so Piers Morgan uh, can, can now uh, complain endlessly on Twitter about that wasn't in the, the spirit of soccer. The Matildas, is that a very good name? Well, it's obviously based on the the famous yeah, waltzing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get that. Matilda, but... which is a a a female name, and so it has it has stuck. Their nickname uh, the 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 Tillies and uh, Matilda. Oh, that's better. The Tillies. Yeah, okay. Matilda Mania as 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 t- Matilda Mania. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, Anthony Albanese, our prime minister, he was uh, at the game and decided at the end to, to go on and uh, congratulate uh, the players, trying to immerse himself in in their success. And he's going for some, I'm not going to use the word cheap populism, expensive populism. He's uh, proposing at Wednesday's National Cabinet meeting uh, that if the Matildas win the the World Cup, uh, then there'll be a public holiday next week, uh, which will obviously be expensive for small business. And if you have surgery uh, booked in, uh, then then with a public holiday, obviously that will be postponed. Uh, this was it was controversial last year uh, to have for Albanese to implement a snap public holiday uh, for the the death of. Queen Elizabeth II. Uh, so even after that uh, that uh, that uh, experience where business obviously uh, weren't uh, too pleased, he's wanting to do it again. He's trying to em- he trying to emulate probably Australia's most uh, famous larrikin Prime Minister Bob Hawke, who infamously said after Australia won the America's Cup in 1983, any boss who sacks a worker for not turning up today is a bum. But he didn't declare a public holiday, just said, well, if they don't turn up to work, just let it go. Uh, Anthony Albanese, to in his pitch to say that uh, he could be he, he could be a responsible economic manager, said, I'm going to govern like Bob, like Bob Hawke, who was a was a centrist Labor prime minister, like yours in the 80s, David, David Longy. Uh, but so far, Albanese is more drinking like uh, Bob Hawke. He's <laughs> always at uh, events, uh, got, got, got a beer in his hand. Yep. Uh, but uh, according to Albanese Nomics, uh, he said that uh, the public holiday will actually be good for the economy because there'll be people apparently spending money at small businesses. What do you mean, bars? Well... I think that's what he means. And it's not going to be craft shops, is it? Well, Albanese actually has a, a beer named after him, Albo a Beer. I've actually given him the, the, the other nickname, uh, Albia, uh, because he, he, he was most infamous for spending three days at the Australian Open uh, uh, drinking beer while only uh, spending three hours in Alice Springs during the. Uh, the town's alcohol fueled violence. So it was especially poor taste that he was at the open drinking at that time. He's like one of those cricketers that could drink the plane dry. 
you know. Well, uh, David Boone, one of our most famous cricketers, the the urban legend is he drank 52 beers on a flight uh, from Australia to London. Maybe uh, Anthony Albanese has, has broken that uh, on his uh, on his uh, Airbus elbow uh, trips to London or the United States. He's he's gone everywhere. Yeah, um, to have a national holiday, uh, that that's what a groveler to to come out with that. I mean, you know, that is just so trying to get in on the act, isn't it? Oh yes, and obviously there, as I said, uh, there 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 is a lot of euphoria at the moment. Australians love their sport and love winners. And so there's certainly a lot of Australians who, at the moment, it's like, yeah, why not have a have a have a day off? But uh, somebody's got to pick up the the tab, and it's going to be a, a business. And also, there's going to be a lot of people inconvenienced as well. Uh, so uh, there there has been a lot of a I should just say online backlash to Nationals leader David Littleproud saying that it's 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 not a good idea and that he didn't want to even though he said he didn't want to sound like a a, a killjoy uh, but our uh, matildas uh, unlike some other uh, sporting uh, teams like our uh, netball uh, diamond uh, diamonds team who decided they didn't want Gina Reinhart's uh, Hancock prospecting sponsorship because she's an evil miner uh, the matildas aren't uh, woke they just get on with uh, the job uh, they're the they're officially the combank uh, matildas so they so they 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 don't have a problem uh, with uh, a big bank sponsoring them the local uh, wi- uh, women's a league is sponsored by liberty oil uh, so they okay. universal yeah. praise uh, for the 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 matildas the the netball uh, diamond netballers they actually got uh, dan andrews decided to give give them 15 million dollars of victorian taxpayers money to have visit victoria as a as a as a sponsor uh but given the the as it as it's termed the expression go white go broke uh netball the super the domestic super net netball competition is uh, is a mess uh the collingwood magpies team has withdrawn and uh, they just won the netball world cup against England, uh, they didn't win anything because, well, there's there, there's not the the sponsorship like there is in in women's soccer. But also, it wasn't big news in Australia because they just ruined a lot of goodwill with their their grandstanding against uh, Gina Reinhart. Who about looking the gift horse in the mouth? Okay, this is a fascinating story, and this is the mushroom poisoning story involving a woman. Um, Aaron Patterson, I think, um, in in the state in Victoria near Melbourne, and uh, I think her in laws died, her sister died. And how's that story been running, Tim? What what are people saying? Well, it's it it's enthralled a lot of 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 people, the the news media and online uh, as well uh, as a lot of uh, true crime does. Uh, they'll probably end up being documentaries and a telemovie made about this because it is obviously, uh, we have to say, an unusual alleged way uh, to murder people. Now, obviously, 
mushrooms are uh, consumed in a lot of households daily, uh, but there are these poisonous death cap mushrooms which cause liver and kidney failure and cooking them doesn't get rid of the the poison and uh, so she uh, has tried to uh, claim that uh, that uh, she bought well the mushrooms were a mixture of uh, button mushrooms uh, purchased at a supermarket chain and dried mushrooms bought at an asian grocery uh, store so it seems she's tried to blame a one of the, the major supermarket chains and an Asian grocery store. Uh, but there has been no widespread. Uh, or yeah, boys, boys, no, no one else's decline, decline in mushroom sales, I should say. We had yeah. this uh, big hysteria about four years ago where somebody found needles in strawberries. And so there were all these strawberries that were dumped, but most of the 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 needles in the strawberries were actually people faking it for attention, putting the, the strawberries uh, in, claiming right. that they they ate the needles and the, the strawberry. Uh, like copy, so, copycats, basically. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it hasn't affected uh, mushroom sales. Uh, uh, mushroom growers have been eager to, to reassure the public. Uh, these death cat mushrooms, they grow mainly around oak trees. Uh, so, yeah. So, why you, you've got to ask a few questions there. Supermarkets would certainly be aware of uh, the poisonous varieties of mushrooms because. It could turn out really bad if they didn't get that right. No, so that's and, it's, and, and, and it's never happened before. And uh, and sort of um, throwing the Asian food market or whatever under the bus as well. Yes. Uh, yeah. So she uh, she claims that uh, she took the last plate. It was these mushrooms were in a, a, a in beef Wellington, uh, so a traditional English uh, uh, dish. I, I wonder if. Because there's a lot of memes going around. Uh, there'll be some people who will say, "Oh, will she be cooking the the lioness's uh, English breakfast, uh, which comes with mushrooms as as well?" Those are sort of the 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 memes and jokes that have been been going around. Even though it is a is a tragedy, there's always online. There's all all yeah. of these different people have been taking photos of mushrooms that they've seen growing in grasses, saying, oh, "I might put them." In my in, in, in my dinner tonight, the last well, mushroom, someone else's dinner. Yeah, yeah the, the last mushroom poisoning was uh, ten years ago, which was an accident. A bloke in Canberra thought, uh, saw some mushrooms growing in his backyard. Thought they'd uh, make uh, good to mix with uh, the the bolognese sauce, and so his wife put it in the spaghetti bolognese, and they ate it, and they didn't oh. die, but were very sick. Right, so. Um, I see that uh, the woman in question, I think her name is Erin, isn't it? She's come out and and made a few pronouncements on camera to media, um, appearing to be quite upset. But uh, am I right that it's reported that she um, dumped the the leftover mush mushrooms from the beef Wellington? And, and also, I but suspicious, I, right? Yes, a a food dehydrator at the at the tip, uh, which obviously. Uh, so she said that she dumped uh, the food hydrator at the tip uh, because her ex husband uh, asked, "Is this what you use to poison them?" 
Ooh, and she okay. said she lied to investigators and told them she jumped it at the tip a long time ago in fear she might be unable to look after the pair's children. Um, and uh, I think uh, she also, did she say something about the children eating the dish as well? Yes, but she scraped the mushrooms off because they don't like mushrooms. Phew, eh? <laughs> yes. I, I don't eat eat mushrooms myself. So we also had a incident uh, just before last Christmas of, uh, of a, se- uh, several people hospitalized because of hallucinogenic spinach, uh, because uh, there was this weed that got into spinach uh, uh, in Victoria, and there, there was an outbreak nationwide. Thankfully, nobody died. But these 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 deadly salads, uh, mushrooms and spinach. I mean, well, you've got to be, be careful. careful now. So do you think there's any finger of suspicion being pointed? Well, Does it look like that. It looks like the the police are, are zoning in on Aaron Patterson as the the only prime su- uh, suspect. Yeah. Obviously, we've got to be careful. It's an open investigation. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. yes, uh, the there does seem to be inconsistencies in her story and. It certainly rocked the town, given that uh, her her in laws and uh, and uh, her mother in law's uh, sister uh, and uh, brother in law were pillars of the of the community, and there's mm. obviously a lot of seniors there. So uh, there, uh, the 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 death of the three of them and. Uh, Ian Ian Wilkinson, who's uh, the a, I think a local local reverend, he's still fighting for for life. Uh, so it's oh, so there's another person that's um, uh, consumed the the mushrooms. There was as well. four in total. Three have died. Uh, there is one in a critical condition. Oh, the the reverend. Yes. Crikey. Okay. Didn't realize that. All right. Well, let's see what happens uh, there. Now, last time we chatted, you talked about this um, this um, what, statement from the heart thing, and that was, um, uh, I think, uh, Albanese came out and said it was only a page. To remind us what it is, but it turned out to be twenty eight pages or something, and that now is has been in the hands of fact checkers. So, what's going on there? Yes, so. The RMIT University Fact Lab, uh, which is a Victorian university, they also have the a, the joint fact check with our ABC taxpayer of funded uh, bro- a broadcaster. Uh, so I might read you how they promote themselves because sure, we'd like to I hear know it, you yeah. have the the disinformation project in New Zealand, which uh, is a real doozy. Uh, so. RMIT Fact Lab is a fact-checking research and training hub based at RMIT University. It is committed to fighting the viral spread of misinformation that can harm people and undermine democratic processes. It's a signatory to the International Fact-Checking Network Code of Principles, which requires a commitment to fairness, transparency, and nonpartisanship. Well, we know all that's um, 180-degree projection, don't we? Yes. Yeah, so they they the their fact lab fact checks it seem to the almost all of them are about are about the voice. And so 
according to according to them, uh, because there seems to be some damage control uh, by the the Yes campaign. After it was uh, Peter Credlin, uh, she was a, a Sky News host, former chief of staff to Liberal Prime Minister Tony Abbott. She was the one that. Uh, br- uh, she brought to a wider audience that the Uluru statement from the heart was 26 pages. Sorry, 26, not, yeah. Not one page. But Anthony Albanese said, if you believe that, uh, then uh, you're a QAnon conspiracy theorist. That's, oh, the old QAnon card being yes, played do, there. Do you oh, even know yeah. what QAnon is? Apparently, we all believe it. Well, I guarantee he doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Do you know what QAnon is? Yeah, of course I do. Yes. I read every back I was fascinated by it. I read every drop. But you don't but do you believe it? I didn't know what to believe. I just thought it was interesting to look. I thought it was a potential psyop. So as a media person, I was curious as to what it all meant. Doesn't mean I'm crazy or nutty. Oh well, yeah. And and I can say most of the posts had nothing to do with anything weird, actually. In fact, virtually nothing to do with anything weird. Uh, so, according to uh, Anthony Albanese and uh, also uh, the uh, uh, s- uh, some of uh, the the members of Albanese, well, the the referendum council, uh, Pat Anderson and Megan Davis, Megan uh, Professor Megan Davis, uh, she 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 is on record saying the voice is actually eighteen pages, and go to the Uluru Statement website to see all eighteen pages. All of a sudden, there's only one page there. So, according oh, uh, according to the RMIT Fact Lab, it's only a one page document, as confirmed by the the authors. Papers released under an FOI contain the statement, but also include 25 pages of minutes of meetings held with Indigenous communities, which are not part of the Uluru Statement of the, the Heart. So the full minutes of these meetings or these uh, regional dialogues, of the, uh, as, they're, as they're called, which was the consultation phase, which culminated in with this Uluru Statement of the Heart in 2017, so it's 25 pages of supporting documents, basically su- summar- summarizing these minutes. And so, according, that's yeah, that that's nothing to do with the. It, it, it's not attached to the Uluru statement, even though they're not. They, they, these are not made up documents. They're not made up words. They they are things that these regional dialogues said, and they they uh, they do uh, view uh, the. British settlement to Australia as an invasion, and uh, the that uh, there were uh, wars of survival, and uh, they uh, there there are some of these these groups that do because obviously these regional dialogues they develop through consensus, and so there's a lot of them that do want reparations as a form of uh, GDP. So these are not made up documents, uh, but they're just uh, supporting. Documents like an explanatory mem- memorandum. Uh, so yeah. they they are relevant, and why would they be like they're still they're, they're still attached to the Illawarra statement? Like if you want to dig deeper about why we've made this statement, look at that. But no, don't don't look at these documents anymore. They're just minutes of of meetings. Don't look here. Yeah, well, I guess you've got to try and shape it to fit what people have uh, been saying before, and. Um... You've got to sort of like uh, come along and rearrange all the all the furniture to 
to reflect that. But okay, now that doesn't really sound like solid fact checking, though, to me. It sounds like it's all over the place. I oh, guess, but they, they quote because uh, I've been through a lot of these 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 fact checks. Uh, they're oh, they they're, they're quite hilarious. Uh, the 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 other one is uh, that uh, because we had the Western Australian Premier Roger Cook last week uh, confirm on Tuesday that he was uh, scrapping uh, the recently enacted uh, Aboriginal cultural heritage laws, and he actually apologized uh, which is it's very rare for politicians he apologized uh, for the uh, division the anxiety and confusion uh, the the laws caused uh, which politicians they do get yeah, sorry point. to who though they caused to who to the community to farm oh, as a whole right now okay. yes yes apologize to all the community and because it's very rare for politicians to uh, apologize for things so they do get brownie points that look we got this wrong i mean dan andrews he never apologizes uh, for anything no matter how egregious (laughs) he uh, what he's done to the victorian people uh so but it's interesting that a lot of the pro-yes media and yes advocates have said oh well this uh barnacle removal i it it means that these uh, these laws the scrapping of these laws mean there'll be no uh, distraction to the yes campaign but no campaigners have made the point at least you could scrap these laws you can't scrap the voice if it to uh, yeah because it'll be entrenched here it'll uh, be entrenched yeah yeah so according to uh, the uh, this is the rmit fact lab uh, so, so this is what they said was claimed. Western Australia's recently scrapped cultural heritage laws had the same function as the proposed voice and a successful yes vote at the upcoming referendum would establish cultural heritage rights in the constitution. This is apparently false uh, because the functions of the WA law are different uh, to the proposed Indigenous voice. They're not similar in any way, according to experts. Uh, so they they quote experts. experts. Yep. Well, who are we to question experts, Tim? Jeez. Exactly. I mean, we trusted, uh, we, we were told to trust the the experts uh, when it came uh, to the COVID pandemic and we were meant to trust the, well, the, the constitutional law experts, even though when it comes to our high court, you never know which way they're, they're going to, to rule. It's, uh, it's termed a mugs game. Yeah, it's interesting that use of the word experts. You'd think, though, that the people have always used that word as a um, let, let's let's admit it a propaganda word. It's it's loaded. It's a loaded word. They haven't figured out yet that no one is interested anymore in that word. They haven't figured it out. They're still running with it. Well, they still. Obviously, it's the 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 media are really lazy, and like if someone has all of these uh, PhDs or the, the, this uh, this professorship, or they 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 must know what what they're what what they're talking about. They they wouldn't possibly have an an agenda that they they want to push. Uh, that that wouldn't be the case. Uh, so our mainstream media still is, is still goes to these experts to and well have- same with ours they're still using it so they're the last to find out okay so just to just to wind up just remind us when that um big uh semi-final match is again uh, the, the matildas versus what the lionesses is it wednesday night uh, so it will be at 
8 p.m. Australian time, which is 10 p.m. New Zealand. Tomorrow uh, night. Yeah, uh, Wednesday, when, yes, tomorrow night, Wednesday night. Yeah. And uh, National Cabinet is on the, the Wednesday. They're also going to uh, discuss uh, ways uh, to solve the, the housing crisis. So, oh, we're going to do that as well, are they? Yes, yes. And uh, obviously, uh, National Cabinet, uh, they, they, they came up with a surefire way to apparently uh, stop increases in energy uh, prices, which was to cap coal and gas prices. Well, 1st of July, uh, we 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 all, we all got our electricity bills hiked up again. Uh, so that that worked that worked a treat. Uh, we're we're <laughs> watching with bated breath uh, okay. to see how they'll solve the housing crisis. Uh, I don't think, though, they'll put a pause on the resur- resurgence of uh, mass migration to Australia. They won't uh, they, they they won't lower uh, the six hundred and fifty thousand migrants uh, that they're planning to take in over the next two years. I don't think they'll do that. Which has a bearing on housing, of course. Yes, yeah. it does. Big bearing. Okay, next time we talk, let's talk about your version of our disinformation project. I want to find out more about that. We can do that next Tuesday because I, I got a feeling it's might have uh, different names, but it's kind yes, of the same. Yes, when their playbook. voice fails, it'll be blamed on misinformation and disinformation, and so there'll be a push uh, for uh, these new laws. It's those women who braid their kids' hair and do knitting that will be responsible for that. You realise that the the other ones, the other subversive ones, that's what our our bunch think anyway. Here, that's what they came up with. Oh yes, uh, the 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 extreme tradwives in New Zealand. There know, we go. That's yeah. your, your hilarious disinformation. Uh, it, it, it wouldn't. It, it's it wouldn't be so hilarious if it wouldn't be. It wasn't so serious. Exactly. No, you you did right. Okay, Tim Tim Wilms from the Unshackled.net in Melbourne. We'll talk again next Tuesday. Thanks so much. Thank you, Paul, and go the Matildas. <laughs> RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.